0: Spoil the movie by adding your own commentary. Hello and welcome to Sideflix, a podcast where we see what's in theaters so you don't have to. My name is Christian Skillion.
1: I'm Julia Pershing.
0: Woo! I will tell you this. Watching this was so much less painful than watching Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness or whatever the hell that movie was called, Uh that I'm grading purely on the curve of like just how disappointing and awful and uncomfortably boring my last Marvel experience was.
1: Well, I feel like we're both kind of at a disadvantage in not having seen Morbius, because I think that would have pushed the bar even lower. Oh, for sure. I mean,
0: here's the thing. At this point, I can't remember the last time I watched a Marvel movie and watched way being like, that was a satisfying movie. I have no things to say about it. You know, in the way that you watch a popcorn movie, not in the way that you watch, like, you know, intelligent. Well, sure. Good media. Spider-Man. But the whole thing about Spider-Man, the whole thing about Spider-Man is what I didn't, what I got <laughs> out of Spider-Man Far From Home, No Way Home, whatever the F the last one was called. The whole thing I got out of that was my nostalgic-like feelings about Spider-Man 1 and 2 with Tobey Maguire.
1: Listen, I think you take what you can get from Marvel at this
0: point. I think our listeners take what they can get from us at this point. I mean, like, (laughs) one, this is coming a day later than we promised after we promised a month ago that we would (laughs) record this two weeks ago. To be fair, some of us are busy. Not me, but Julia.
1: Some of us are having a hard time. But I will say, huh? Um I I enjoyed this film. I for two hours wasn't thinking about anything else.
0: Yeah, I mean I I, that's kind of where like this the sweet spot is right now if you really want to actually enjoy one of these things is it has to just be a straightforward popcorn flick. Mm -hmm. Because anytime Marvel tries to make any commentary about anything deeper than a kiddie pool, they fail gloriously.
1: Indeed. And so perhaps it is time to say a little bit about what this movie is about, because uh, that'll that'll come up. Well, again because later.
0: you have to watch these things like freaking television. <laughs> and if you miss a movie, you're in the dark forever. Why don't you tell forever everybody? Ever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> OK, basically, so at the beginning of this movie, um, Thor is chilling with the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, when he gets pulled away because new Asgard is under attack from a new villain called Gore, the God Butcher. Metal, um, who wants to, you know, fund, facilitate the extinction of the gods. Yes, he's betrayed
0: by. The god he worships after his daughter dies. And then he's like, well, then he gets cursed with the necromancy sword, whatever the F it was called. Or something like
1: that, that. Yeah. That can kill gods. A very handy thing to have if that is your life. Mission. <laughs> love,
0: love when like shows just pull like a CW and they're like, what if we had a bigger gun? <laughs> this knife and can, can kill gods. An even bigger,
1: bigger gun. Yeah. Um, but also, there's a reappearance from a former character in the Thor franchise, Dr. Jane Foster, who has now become the Mighty Thor.
0: Yes, after being diagnosed with cancer. Stage in four. Stage, also... <laughs> what kind of cancer? I, I, I don't know if they say, mm. but also, you've been around somebody who's uh, in stage four cancer. It's not pretty. I've been around somebody who's <laughs> in stage four cancer, you know, sat with somebody getting chemo. <laughs> Natalie Portman sure looked really good.
1: <laughs> she did. She looked real comfortable. Like
0: I yeah. She diagnosed with stage 4 cancer 6 months ago. It's had 6 months to get even worse and she's like driving herself to chemo. That's crazy. Banana bread. Yeah. Um not that these movies exist in the real world, but yes. So
1: that's what's happening.
0: That's what's happening. Loki is dead. Thor Sad. Sad. Thor made friends. There were some, you know, Okay, <laughs> Thor has an interesting relationship with Star Lord, I guess. Valkyrie is running
1: um, new Asgard,
0: new Asgard as the king. Yes, as the king, and uh, Gore is sends shadow creatures into New Asgard and steals just, all the children. Steals the children. Yes, yeah. this movie has. Um, you know what, Julia? Give me your initial thoughts. I want to say
1: first and foremost. That I love Chris Hemsworth. And yes, he's beautiful to look at, but oh my God, is he such a fantastic comic actor? And I think that Thor is kind of one of the lesser appreciated Avengers, despite the fact that he now has four movies. Um, and I, it
0: is such a delight watching him play this role. I think it's really fun Now that like, it's funny because I know that there are purists who are like, but Thor is like this brooding figure in the comics, purist being my dad, by the way, (laughs) um, who didn't like his sort of turn, like his sort of about face to being like a a comedic sort of childlike Goof. Goof. Mm -hmm. But it's so much more suited for Chris Hemsworth to do that. And it's so much more suited for direct uh, for uh, the directorial style of Taika Waititi. And also, again, like, I'm tired of not being able to have fun at these things. If I'm going to see them because they're part of, like, the Mm monoculture, like, I want to be having fun. And I think he was so enjoyable to watch. I think his, you know... I, I think there were things that we were missing, like we really did miss his repartee with Loki, and we'll get into that more, mm-hmm. but I think he sort of creates an environment that is fun for other people to play off, and you can really see that, so I do, I thought Chris Hemsworth was, I mean, you want him to be the joy of this movie. Conversely, Christian Bale <laughs> oh my God. was Freaking giving it, man. Like, with the little he had to work with, with the loosest mythology of anything of all time, with some of the worst dialogue you have ever heard, Christian Bale is like, hold my beer, I'm Christian Bale. And he was so fun to watch, but it also makes you, like embarrassed for the people who are around him doing a way less good job
1: yeah um this is another one of those roles where he just kind of decided that he needed to do something drastic with his body and so the first time that you see him I'm like "Mm, interesting I think this is Christian Bale because he's the villain and this is clearly where this is going and then when he finally gets to um the oasis where he meets and is disappointed by his god he's like Oh, he opens his mouth and starts talking, and I would recognize those teeth anywhere. <laughs> he- a, t- a tooth
0: actor, mayhaps. indeed, Yeah. Um, but he he is giving it his all. I'm really fascinated by the sort of celebrated actors who come in to play one villain in a Marvel movie and then just dip. Like, they collect their Disney <laughs> check and they're like, tootle pip like, Jeff Bridges and Robert Redford <laughs> and Jake Gyllenhaal and now Christian Bale. And I'm like, yeah, you guys have it made. You got your Disney money and now you can go do cool shit.
1: Well, because they know from, you know, watching everybody else do it that what you got to do is put into your contract that the character... Is gonna die yeah
0: you gotta make sure that it's a one and done Mhm. la pasta it seems genius to me yeah quite frankly because also when you only got to do that once I bet it's kind of fun you get paid to work out like yeah you get to hold a big sword yeah and you get to wear fun
1: little robes that yeah swish. A, a
0: costume mm-hmm.
1: yeah for real a for costume real, a for
0: real costume yeah. yeah not just you know plain clothes although jeans yeah jeans Actually, this movie could have maybe used some more jeans, um, But yeah, I think it... Uh, right. I'm with you. Initially, very funny. Mm-hmm. What are the things you really... Like, initially, this is sort of, again, a good pop, a popcorn movie. What else did you really like about it? I thought the physical comedy was very well done. I agree. Um, again, I think that speaks to um, Chris
1: Hemsworth, but it's... Uh, very fun to watch Natalie Portman also in this movie because she is um just now coming around to these like crazy powers which obviously puts you in kind of this odd position of not knowing your own strength and trying to figure out how to wield a hammer and she's like pretty good at it but not quite
0: yet yeah i love the sort of learning on the fly aspect of her character it's also fun to watch Natalie Portman get to do things where she gets to be having fun like when you think of natalie portman you think of black swan and jackie Mm -hmm. which tragic the least fun (laughs) um and it was cool to get to see her reprise a role which i haven't seen the first thor movie and i think since it came out um it's fine directed by kenneth branagh uh, um, when, so it can't be too bad no so it can be really bad we watched <laughs> Death on the Nile for this podcast that's so true I had blocked that out of my memory um, but you know she's a very self-serious person she's a scientist she has like these sort of like awkward run-ins with Thor but it's the one I well I think that her part in this movie is drastically underdeveloped mm-hmm. it was fun to watch her have these comedic moments with thor from a place of familiarity as opposed mm. to it being like a he's this you know mega demon from <laughs> space and she's just this girl it's very like they seem to be on slightly more even ground which i i liked and so it was fun to watch chris Hemsworth be a clown and also the guardians of the galaxy be clowny like it's you know they show up with the bidding i do not like chris pratt Immediate. Mood downer. Yeah, seeing like, oh god. Um, and I appreciate how sort of everybody got to play into some of the Mm -hmm. humor, um, except for Christian Bale, which is fine. Well, speaking of the humor, I want to know what you thought of Korg in this movie. Korg. Well, one, where I feel like (laughs) Meek is gone really early in this movie, and I feel like Korg depends on Meek. As, like, just a, a sounding board. Mm-hmm. But the biggest problem with Korg is that he was sort of uh, totally, like, irrelevant. Like, I liked his the learning how the Korgian race yes, that was is all gay and they make <laughs> their babies in lava. That was cute. Adorable. Um, but it felt like they were trying to fit, like, squeeze in, like, a thing, f- like, a, a partner for Thor to have. But again, without Loki, you really don't have... It's just, he sort of like a yes man for Thor, which is like... He doesn't
1: need one. He doesn't
0: need quite one. Quite frankly. Yeah, and so Korg was like, cute. I thought it was funny that his whole sentient, you know, essence is in his face. His Not even his head. His face. His face. <laughs> yeah, but I thought Korg was kind of irrelevant. I don't know how you felt.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, the thing that I think really works about uh, Korg's character in Ragnarok is that he's not in it for so, so much of it. And... the. When he is, it's kind of in the quieter moments. And so those little, like, quips about, uh, you know, I tried to start a revolution and it failed because I didn't pass out enough pamphlets, it really gives you enough time to be like, oh my god, that's really funny.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and here, it feels like it's so much more um, jam-packed with jokes that you're kind of, like, trying to throw at the wall and see if it sticks like spaghetti, and it is not always successful.
0: I agree. Although, you know, Korg's place in this movie, it in the sort of core four being... Korg, Valkyrie, uh, Jane. Jane, and Thor speaks to another thing I like about it is, and this is something that Taika Waititi really mastered in Ragnarok, which is just cutting it away from the rest of the Marvel Universe.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Because even with the Guardians of the Galaxy, they're just at the big be- in there for the beginning, and they're basically doing what Thor was kind of doing anyway, which is like Fucking around space destroying things and because the marvel universe is so fractured so nonsensical so destroyed from being like and then five years went by like there's no real way to operate like a functional story that's being stretched this thin to just take it out of there and make a thor movie is like far more pleasurable to watch and then if thor was like Now we have to clean up Manhattan, right?
1: (laughs) Oh, totally. I really appreciate that most of this movie takes place, like, on New Asgard or the Temple of the Gods or wherever the final place (laughs) is. New Asgard.
0: She's so pretentious. It's fucking Norway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) New Asgard. Um, Yeah, I I really liked that. I really liked, um, and I don't think that I got far enough in this, um, but I really liked the idea of the Asgardians as refugees trying to set up their new uh home and the way that they can support themselves is through kind of like tragedy tourism of like how they lost their home yeah it was really interesting and i feel like not something that you would take the time to examine if you were thinking about the wider implications of the universe no i think
0: that does tie it in like sort of in 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 an interesting way to ragnarok which is Mm -hmm. a movie very much about like colonialism although obviously now it's sort of like how the turntables because the asgardians were the colonizers and now they are like refugees refugees um but like think about like all of the like sort of like the the type of morbid tourism that exists in the world and like mission trips and shit like that i think is saying some that's like one of the few interesting things i said in the movie was like about how disenfranchised people have to sell their pain
1: oh agreed yeah 100 percent. i kind of wish that there had been a little bit more of that
0: yeah because what like there was so much about this it was this movie tried to jam-pack so much stuff in that even the stuff that was smart just kind of get pushed to the side and then the stuff that was like less smart you're sitting there being like why was that even in here it, yeah I just don't think that there was very good time management or pacing mm-hmm. in this movie it had too much to say and then simultaneously nothing to say um before we start just dunking on it <laughs> um you liked the music we, I liked the music I, you mm-hmm. liked it more than me because you like Guns N' Roses more than I do but I think it's I kind of like that that's the sort of like Thor theme now <laughs> totally
1: um i love a good needle drop it doesn't necessarily matter that it's guns and roses but i feel like so much of um marvel both like in the films that they have made and also in the tv shows there's not a lot of like m- recognizable music that is associated with it and even though this isn't original um they're not like creating a new thor theme there are like sweet child of mine is going to be associated with this movie I mean, it's obviously super famous and associated with many other things, but like, when you think about this movie, you probably think about that song.
0: When you think about that song, you don't think about Thor, but when you think about Thor, you think about... Yeah. Vice versa. Yeah. And there was a little bit of that sort of in the earlier Marvel days, because you had... It's been a long, long time with Captain America, mm-hmm. and you had all the ACDC in, in, Iron Man. in Iron Man. And then Thor didn't get any of that. And then Taika Waititi was like, I think he should have a little music. A
1: little Led Zeppelin for yeah. the people. <laughs> for the,
0: a little Led Zeppelin for the people. Yeah, uh, I
1: Because it is it is actually consciously making a choice as opposed to scoring everything with something completely unrecognizable.
0: Yeah, which I think, I mean, and all of the scoring in this movie, stuff that wasn't like Guns N' Roses, don't remember it because it's so all. incredibly unremarkable throughout the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. There's like one or two themes. Like I think this sort of Avengers, no, the Captain America theme, I... Alan Macon. Yeah, his little like... <laughs> Diddy. His, yeah, his 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 song and dance in the first Avenger, I think about. And then like, that's kind of it.
1: Yeah. And then, I mean, the Avengers theme, I couldn't hum it for you now, but I could tell you if I heard it. But that's like the only thing
0: I can think of Captain America has like his own like scoring theme. And the only reason I know what it sounds like is because it sounds like uh, go the distance from Hercules. But it's ah. not Alan Menken. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I, I did like the music and I thought that there were a couple of times where I feel like it was kind of wasted. Um, but when it's effective, it. it I think seriously increases your enjoyment of what you're experiencing.
0: I'm just waiting for someone to not be a freaking coward and put toxic by Britney Spears in a fight scene. In fact, if there's another Harley Quinn movie, another birds of prey, I demand it. I demand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: What? Why has it not? Hmm. Hmm.
0: It's so perfect. I know. All right. Doctor Who is the only thing brave enough (laughs) to do it. Um, yeah. So all the Marvel executives listening to this, take take yeah. note. Take note from uh, us, yeah. So in general, oh, and you know what? There's a couple there hmm. were a couple visual elements I liked. Mostly I thought the CGI was bad. I liked the scene in black and white. Mm-hmm. I just think that it didn't do enough with that choice.
1: Yeah. I when I was watching this, I was, uh that part of it in particular, I was like, "Oh, this is Marvel's uh commentary on, like Marvel's version of Sin City which is a movie I like and um also it looks great in black and white but I don't maybe we should have stayed in it longer or maybe it should have I don't know what would have fixed it, but I was really intrigued when it started.
0: I was really intrigued when it started. I liked the idea that there was no color in the shadow realm. I, but then again, I was like, but what else does that affect? How does it make them feel? What is, does this do to our environment? We're just on this like random asteroid and no one's talking about like how the gravity is different. Like so much of this stuff is just under considered,
1: right? It, it lacks specificity. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, So kind of moving away from just it being a fun romp that we did not have a, I got a Diet Coke. I got, Popcorn, it was great. Had mm-hmm. a glass of wine. Let's move into some of the stuff that, like, is not cutting it
1: primarily the plot. The, oh my, what was this movie about? Broadly, um, some guy is trying to kill all the gods, which is a fascinating concept that they did not utilize properly, not at all. And then you also have, um Unfortunately, kind of a retread of the Thor character development line, which was really frustrating because it is a thing that Ragnarok did so well Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, having Thor kind of realize that he does bear responsibility for his entire people and he can't just be this jock anymore. Um, And he kind of loses part of himself and has to claw back out to become worthy of that title and, you know, he he really succeeds. And then at the beginning of this movie, he's just back to being some sort of aimless hippie.
0: Yeah. And it's really frustrating to me um, thinking about just how badly and Avengers Endgame, like, undid the work done by Ragnarok.
1: Mm-hmm. And even
0: Infinity War. And like both set up the universe to fail after and retroactively ruin <laughs> things in there before it. Like, I can't believe how <laughs> unsuccessful that movie was at ending that part of whatever the fucking like phase it was. Oh yeah. Like we had a serious backtracking in character. We're starting over again. We're starting without the sort of like formative piece of Thor's th- character development, which was always Loki. We do see Sif in this movie, which is cool. She's mm-hmm. in the first two, I think. Yeah. But, um, So we're starting over, we have, you know, it's like sort of interesting because the root of uh, Ragnarok is obviously like the Norse myth of like how Asgard, like how, you know, the world ends, Mm -hmm. it's the apocalypse, whatever. It's so... It's so specific to Asgard. you can kind of just accept it as the thing that's happening in this world. Like you don't have to like sort of expand your like expand your suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. The idea that so we're operating in like what is apparently or should be an omnitheist. You know, universe where all of these gods exist and they do in the comics. Like you saw, oh, what's his name? The actor who plays Roy Kent and Ted Lasso is going to be Hercules. Hercules is in the comics. Mm-hmm. All of these like mythologies do exist. Um, but what you open this up to is basically to say some religions are, are not real. The one that is real is north of mythology and they are the ones who actually get to go to the afterlife or something. And then there's this weird stereotype about Greek people portrayed by Russell Crowe
1: and and that all other gods are frivolous and silly and uncaring
0: unlike Thor which is so weird weird and I have no idea what this movie is trying to say with any of that information what are we actually saying about grief what are we actually saying about the existence of the afterlife and you know whether or not someone deserves like eternal peace like there's this whole thing about how to get into Valhalla you have to die a warrior um and I don't know what it's trying to say about like faith on the whole it's very confusing and it's like if this was supposed to be like a thing where you're supposed to walk away and be like ah yes all people with power over other people will take advantage of that in unspeakable ways Mm -hmm. that would be a really interesting thing to dissect but that's not what it does
1: well no and it's kind of trying to comment on like negligence I guess Mm -hmm. because it suggests that like if the gods are real they don't care about you which is what you know pushes uh gore to become the god butcher because his daughter dies and his god doesn't care which is like deeply pessimistic um and uh, again what are you what are you trying to say especially in comparison to the the norse mythology like you were saying um it 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 doesn't make any sense and it doesn't make you sympathetic to anyone but those people
0: and what i also think is interesting is that thor does not have a moral, you know, opposition to gore other than the fact that he's taken the children to kill Thor.
1: Yeah, it's not even like He doesn't even
0: think, oh, like, no, we need to let these beings live. This is a genocide. He literally is just like, I have to save these. It's like so basic and rudimentary compared to the mission that Gore is on that it like doesn't actually like line up in terms of like how high the stakes are.
1: Well, it also doesn't exactly explain why Gore takes the children. Because like, yeah, I guess it's to lure Thor somewhere else and kill him but is thor really that important amongst all of the gods and if so why the movie never tells us the movie never tells us why he takes the kids other than to get Get thor Thor. somewhere okay so but why is thor so important
0: and also like thor like uh, there's like this whole bit about he's the one who kills zeus and they like make a joke out of it, and Zeus isn't dead at the end. But it's like, if what we're trying to do is prevent somebody from killing gods, why is he so frivolously <laughs> killing gods? Yeah. Is it because Zeus is an idiot? I, I don't know. It's, it's so <laughs> weird. I have no idea what it's trying to say. I think
1: ultimately it's kind of just trying to be flip about religion almost, like it doesn't really matter. But of course, you have to care about Thor, and Thor is a god. Yeah. And I actually was, when I read about the plot of this movie, I was like, that's really interesting because like the Marvel universe has never really addressed the fact that Thor is not just a superhero and he's not just a king. He is a, like a God, Mm -hmm. a holy being, um, but it just does nothing with it.
0: No. And I would even be more interested if the thing was like, all gods are fake. Like, if, mm-hmm. if this was just, like, it's, I th- I think this movie either needed to take a slightly more atheistic approach or a t- slightly more omnithistic appro- a th- omni-theistic approach, being, like, all religions are true or none of them are. Mm-hmm. And I was just sort of, like, them being, like, well, Jane gets to go to Valhalla, but Christian Bale gets to die ugly. It's, like, <laughs> so weird to me. And what the hell is this being at the center of the universe? Is that the ultimate god? Oh. Why doesn't Christian Bale want to kill him? I'm, what on, like, what? He wants to use the wish
1: to kill all the gods but he has the sword that can kill all the gods I just don't understand and I also thought and I was actually kind of frustrated by this and not because you know you have to connect everything in the Marvel universe but when we first saw the outline of this being that by the way we've literally never heard of before eternity Mm -hmm. at the center of the universe I was like really interesting kind of looks like the top of Loki's helmet and loki's been doing his own little adventure in the tv series and like someone correct me
0: does that take place that has to be before Endgame or I, uh, infinity war right
1: Un unclear okay um but anyway i was like this is how they're gonna pull loki back into the series because they're making another thor movie and wouldn't it be so unbelievably hilarious if the being at the center of the universe that grants all the wishes turns out to be that fucking
0: guy? Especially if it's like he can't actually do that, like yeah. a Wizard of Oz situation. Yeah,
1: and then it yeah. turned out not to be so. And... um what a disappointment I know that it was not some stupid grand reveal.
0: And he also just wishes for his daughter to be back, which I like get. And, I, but one, I also just don't think that that, um, was a very intelligent thing to say about grief no. that you would rather bring someone back to exist without your care. Than to,
1: to exist without your fa- your parents, your
0: parent, or you could sort of be together in this sort of metaphorical way you know version of whatever this is. It's like it's very pro
1: random person
0: adoption. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs>
0: like here
1: random person I've just met and spent the last 2 hours trying to kill Take my daughter.
0: Yeah, take my... Yeah. Take my child. Weird. No idea what that's trying to say either. You know what else was shitty? What? The CGI oh in this my movie. God. So this movie takes an, uh, takes an approach that is called... They, they use they don't use a green screen. They use a... Uh, what is it called? The Vortex? The Volume? The Volume? Or something? So, Let me double check that. Um, the Volume, yes. The Volume. So basically, instead of a green screen where you go through and edit in images later, it's like the highest definition of led screen that plays these things that you film on it's a
1: television
0: yeah it's a television and (laughs) (laughs) the idea of this is so dumb well no it's actually interesting insofar as like it clearly it helps directors and actors perform better when they have to do things in in front of green screens but the problem with these freaking movies is that it's all cgi it is all cgi it is So weird to watch two people who are supposed to be farther away in space from each other than they are actually being filmed by the camera. It looks bad. The entire scene where they are like with Zeus in that hall of the gods looks so bad. There's no detail to anything. You can't look at anything. And it makes... Everything else look cheap. The costumes look so cheap when nothing around them is practical. This freaking lightning bolt that Thor carries with him that he steals from Zeus is just a piece of freaking plastic. And it's so, so, so badly like synthesized with that computer generated imagery. It looks bad and lighting makes the lighting look so bad.
1: It is just a continuation of like the lack of specificity because I think CG, I mean, CGI uh, can do a lot of heavy lifting and can look really, really good. And we have seen incredible examples of that in blockbusters past. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they, d- like, I just can't imagine that the people who were working on this movie genuinely knew w- what certain things were supposed to look like. And I remember, you know, watching Ragnarok and looking at the Bifrost, the bridge, and it, there is like weight and heft to it and you can see like you know someone it's not practical no it's not but like that is what you can do with CGI
0: my biggest thing is mm-hmm. is like CGI should be used where you cannot do anything else hmm like the reason why some of the movies especially from sort of right when we started actually using cgi when we're still focusing mainly on practical stuff the reason why some of those things have aged so well the reason why titanic has aged so well jurassic park i don't even don't think it uses any cgi
1: that might be a total lie
0: i haven't seen jurassic park in a while but like the things that are you do mostly practical work and then use it just for the stuff that you can't do anything else on that is when it really looks good when it really lasts when you can really me- like melt it into your visual like language this is just cartoons cartoons that nobody put any thought into yeah because these are all done ba- like <laughs> a lot of the stuff is being done like you know sweat house style like yeah. just getting these things done or spitting out the marvel movies as fast as possible
1: um this is a practical effect stan podcast obviously um and it's so frustrating to watch like all of the technical elements of this look cheap because you're putting what millions and millions of dollars into this you you mentioned earlier off mic when we were talking that like Thor's costume looks like something you could buy at, like, a Halloween store. Yeah. It looks looks like plastic. It looks like plastic. Yeah. Because
0: you have nothing else to make that look like what the things in this world looks like because it's all done on a computer or on this massive television, I guess. Yeah. and And...
1: Without thought to, like, what that would actually look like. And what's really frustrating about that is that the outfit that Thor is wearing at the beginning of this movie with the red leather vest and the jeans mm-hmm. looks incredible on him because it's real close. Because it's just real close, yeah. Because <laughs> it's real close. And it's so annoying that, like, that is what I would rather see him in than his superhero costume because, like, you should look good in
0: both. And that goes for Jane as well. mm mm-hmm. um, Love that her transformation includes a wig that has a balayage. <laughs>
1: She's so blonde. Thor
0: has to be blonde. I think she could have been not blonde, but. Whatever. Well,
1: it's supposed to be indicative of like. Thor non-blondes. Like... Please laugh at that. I want it on a t-shirt. I want it on a keychain, A sticker. Truly,
0: what's going on? I do not fucking know. Um, speaking of Miss Portman. The female mm. characters in this movie are so tragically underdeveloped. Underserved. We get like one conversation between... What's Kat Denning's character called? Darcy. Darcy. We Darby? Get, we, I think it's Darcy. Darcy. Yeah. We get one conversation between Darcy and Jane at the beginning, where we find out that she has somehow hidden having stage four cancer from her assistant for six months. Again,
1: Marvel. How? <laughs> How? Well, and what's crazy to me about that is that Darcy is one of the most beloved minor characters yes in the MCU and like she was like
0: one of the greatest joys of watching WandaVision before WandaVision got so bad so so bad
1: and like why couldn't they have utilized her for more of this because I love seeing her on screen and I love I like seeing her interact with Natalie Portman
0: I also think it's interesting that like we've never really seen Valkyrie and Jane interact before and we get placed into like the middle of a friendship because I guess she's kind of been helping for like a week or two before Thor gets back to Earth
1: oh Valkyrie's like you're gonna love the new guy
0: how do you know her? Yeah. And we see like a, a, some, like two like sort of slightly over familiar conversations with them where I'm like, cool, like love seeing two girls in a room talking about something that isn't a man or whatever. But there is absolutely there was no work done to define why they're friends, how they're friends, other than the fact that Jane has a Mjolnir.
1: And instead, we are subjected to like a seven minute long flashback about the end of Thor and Jane's relationship that I did not need to watch no I didn't like it I thought it added very little yeah to the plot I would have rather spent that time on watching her with Darcy a little more or watching the beginning of her relationship with Valkyrie like I would have loved to have seen Valkyrie see Jane as the mighty Thor for the first time yeah what was that like
0: yes and not only like is that was that flashback thing super long and like nowhere near as funny as they wanted it to be it was also I have no idea how where that is supposed to fall into like this timeline I'm supposed to buy into and it was so like show don't tell I want to see in their interactions how where we left their relationship how things shattered I want to you know hear the passive-aggressive quips and the you know, I mean, you left first or whatever. Like, we could do that whole thing that they that bit they have, make it a minute longer of like actual awkward, uncomfortable conversation of running into an ex without ever having had that waste of time montage.
1: Yeah, agreed. It it adds nothing to our understanding of their characters, quite frankly.
0: And not only that, like, not only just like I would really want to see the development of the relationship between Jane and Valkyrie, which is kind of like there's this a sort of like hint hint being like. It, it might be a little gay which is cool but basically valkyrie's whole character gets watered down to being like i don't want to be here and i'm gay which is super I mean, funny and relatable a... <laughs> 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 which can be super funny twice like it was mm-hmm. in ragnarok but she doesn't even feel all that compelled to help again probably because there's no actual like agenda in this movie
1: yeah and we we have no indication of like what kind of character growth she might have gone through off screen as king of new Asgard. Like we see kind of a silent montage of her like shaking hands with people and like selling new Asgardian butter or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And like that clearly is no doubt in my her. mind new
0: Asgardian butter would be delicious. Oh
1: so good. the Salted kind only. Um, but we really don't get any sort of insight as to into what her life has been like as king of Asgard mm-hmm. which is like a really hefty thing to be given
0: yeah and it's interesting to me especially because Thor comes back and he can you know he's the one who can control the crowds or whatever it would be really interesting if he left being like I'm not meant to do this it's your job and then they both realized that that was the wrong path for both of them and they need to switch again mm-hmm. like that would have been a really interesting development for Valkyrie like I tried you know the white collar thing it's not for me and Thor to be like I actually have nothing to hold on to if I'm just running through space
1: yeah and instead of making him king again they just make him a dad which is not a bad thing but it's like when has that ever been a thing that Thor like desires from the bottom of his heart
0: yeah also it's like I know that people love the trope of like
1: gruff old man and gruff old man <laughs> and
0: little girl but it, it If you're not doing it like Logan, I don't want it. Like, I don't care.
1: There are so many other better examples of that trope than this.
0: Yes. Logan. Okay. If you're going to write a superhero (laughs) movie, you have to watch Logan before you do it. It's the law. Um, How many times? uh, Before you watch? How many times have I watched Logan or how many times do you have to watch it? How many times do you have
1: to watch it before you write a superhero movie? At least
0: once. At least once? You wouldn't say like two, three? No, I'd say you have to watch Logan and you also have to watch Spider-Man 2. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, like, I think we already touched on this a little bit, but the sort of last thing I wanted to talk about was just, um, like, not having Loki. Sucked. 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 And he really is such, like, a pleasure to have in class. (laughs) The
1: the thing that is so maddening about that is that we exist in the Marvel Universe where nothing is ever truly dead unless you're, you know, Iron Man apparently. And why can't they just bring him back to life? He, the way that like the internet was salivating at that character's feet for years, mm-hmm. um, because he does add like a little bit of spice.
0: Into whatever
1: you're watching, well, also because Tom Hiddleston uh, is so charming and so good at it, and like his repartee with Chris Hemsworth is incredible.
0: Well, the sort of really excellent thing about Loki is that he's always the devil on. Thor's shoulder Mm -hmm. and when you have a movie with no agenda where Thor's only goal is saving children which is again very valiant but has nothing to do with going up against the actual like systemic thing that Gore is supposedly challenging there's Mm -hmm. not there wouldn't even really be that much for Loki to do other being like (laughs) other than being like don't save the children that feels like a lot of work right right but like Even though I wanted Loki in this movie, I have no idea what he would do in this movie because that's how sort of weak the Mm. premise was.
1: Well, what you were saying earlier about Korg just being like a yes man for Thor. That's why
0: you need Need Loki. Loki. And Valkyrie kind of was that in Ragnarok, but Mm -hmm. was not that at all.
1: No, because she seemed to have lost the edge of her personality. Yeah. And she's just kind of like affable but a little sour
0: she's sober that's cool cool two thumbs up two, two thumbs up <laughs> for that or she, no she wasn't i feel like she was there's like a bar scene on the like a boat
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> sober on the on the weekdays um i don't know
0: she's um <laughs> what's it called uh, hard, she's she's practicing harm reduction. <laughs> True. Yeah. And
1: you know what? Sometimes that's what you can do. Okay, last. I have
0: one last question for you. Yeah. Did this movie treat gay people normally? <laughs> because I feel like, kind of, yes. It's cool that there's no questioning that the core race is just they're all gay. But I also think the Star-Lord Thor stuff actually played as homophobic. <laughs> Oh, and
1: part of that is just because of Chris Pratt as a person. You're right. Is it just Chris Pratt where I'm like, he's homophobic? No, because here's the thing. I think if any other person were playing Star-Lord,
0: another Chris, for example. um, Pine. The king of the Chris's. Okay,
1: actually, just imagine this. Imagine this. Chris (laughs) Pine is Star-Lord and Chris Hemsworth is Thor. The sexual tension off the fucking charts. The charts. And you would know that it's authentic from both of them. <laughs> and that would be enjoyable to watch. Mostly Star-Lord just like looks uncomfortable
0: with the fact that he wants to smack Thor's ass. But you know he wants to. No, I don't even think that's true. I think it's uncomfortable that Thor is... I. The, because Chris Pratt is who he is, the way that scene read to me is that Star-Lord is uncomfortable that Thor is comfortable. Like, that's how that went um
1: yeah straight ally gay homophobe (laughs)
0: straight ally gay homophobe that's the dynamic Uh, okay julia final question what would you rate this movie letter grade scale b minus b minus c plus i i would give it a c plus if dr strange hadn't been so Unwatchably bad, like truly a D minus F movie. <laughs>
1: i it, mighty Morpin time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did not see Morbius. No, but I just know in my heart but that I it was actually a, think I would have the real the real bummer about like that is like I was so excited, like I was like, yeah, Sam Raimi. Um No, I actually think I would have more fun watching Morbius. As a bad movie than I did watching <laughs> Doctor Strange as a movie trying to pose itself as good and also the alternative to everything, everywhere, all at once, which is the best movie I've ever seen. Um,
1: cosine, Yeah.
0: So if I didn't see that one first, this would get a C+. But because I did it gets a P (laughs) minus Marvel curve. All right. They
1: made it up for themselves. Yeah.
0: If you guys stuck around through this whole thing, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We would love so much if you left side flicks or review on iTunes and help us find new listeners. If you're interested in Teen Wolf, there's new Teen Wolf content coming out on the Teen Wolf ReWolf at Teen Wolf underscore ReWolf is our handle on everything. And also we're working on the second season of one season wonders, which is our regular degular podcast where we watch shows that only have one season. Um, We're going to watch The Society. We have cool stuff planned for that. We're really excited. That's at OSW underscore pod everywhere. Um, Other than that, I think we'll be back soon. I think our next plan is seeing Marcel the Shell. With shoes on. With shoes on. Um, If not, you can keep updated with us on Twitter. All said and done. I've been Christian. I've been Julia. And uh, we hope you guys have a great week. Bye. Bye.